to mommy's show. <laughs> you pin me up. Can you say what you was going to say? Say welcome to mommy's show. Welcome mommy's show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, baby. Welcome to October. This is October's episode of Journey from Infertility. It's Lindsay. No, it's been a minute. Of course, I say this all the time, but I am here and I actually have been dreading doing this episode only because my grief right now has been like at an all time high. And I do mean an all time high. Um, grieving a lot of things um and trying to balance life um of course you know still a mom of two beautiful babies my four-year-old and two-year-old are phenomenal they are driving me up the wall um but we're doing a new dynamic and doing this semi alone is rough working through my own issues therapy as consistently as possible still on my meds trying to make life work working a full-time job being a part-time student full-time mom um it's a lot of hats And then just trying to get adequate sleep in between it all, it's a big balance. But for the last couple of months, I have been feeling a certain kind of way. Uh, Personally, I made the decision to get my tubes tied after I had Aaliyah. And now I am at a point where... I wish I didn't do it. And that's only because, you know, my body has changed so much, you know, personally for me, like, granted, not to be graphic, but you know, they say with tubal ligations, they tend to make your periods worse, or they could be better, or, you know, the cramps could be worse, or they could be better. Um, but for me, what scares me the most is that not really thinking, um, because of course, around that time when I did it, they were having this discussion about the abortion rule, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that's always been my biggest complaint when it comes to abortion rules, because a miscarriage is labeled as an abortion. And regardless of if it was spontaneous or not, it's still an abortion. So in that moment, I made the decision to get my tubes tied. And I thought that I would be okay with just my two babies. But now I'm having second thoughts. Um, and so now I'm having to go back and look up doctors 
infertility treatments, my insurance, you know, just trying to go through this whole shebang to see what can be done only because I'm a high risk. Number one, I am someone who has one fallopian tube. That's number two. Um, and even with that, you know, of course, in the beginning before I was pregnant with Lauren, they told me my tube was blocked. So now I don't even know if, you know, even after having Aaliyah after that, I don't know if my tube is blocked again, you know, so I don't really know any kind of complications that could come behind all of this. And the only thing I can think of is the next step would be IVF treatment, which is expensive. Um, It's very expensive to pretty much have a baby in general, regardless of if you're doing it the natural way or if you're doing it the in vitro way or, you know, it doesn't matter. Getting pregnant is expensive. So I'm just having these thoughts just bouncing around like maybe one day I'm maybe I would like another kid. But I'm hesitant. Only because. I just don't know how I would feel or what another pregnancy could do to my body. But I actually love being pregnant. That was the funny part. It's the crazy part. I love being pregnant. But I don't love the hip aches, the back aches, the pressure, um, the nausea. Even though it wasn't as bad with Aaliyah, but, you know, it's still possible um I'm 32 years old um probably close to geriatric as to what they will call it but I have no you know I have I do regret doing it but I think I had good intentions when I did the sterilization um but of course it can be reversed but the thing about it is like with my insurance it's kind of gonna have to be like would this be medically necessary would this be something that's cosmetic? Um, will they cover it? You know, stuff like that. So that's all what I'm having to go through now. Um, but anyway, that was part of the reason as to why I kind of been grieving the situation because I want, I, I want a little boy. <laughs> I do. And I don't want him to replace my, my son, but I want a little boy. But of course, if, you know, if the the cars falls, they may. If I can't do it, you know, I would love to try, you know, a surrogate route or adopting either way. But, you know, because of my struggles and what I've had to do, it's something different. Um, but just to throw a couple of facts out here, since it is um, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, again, as usual, um, one in four women will lose a baby during pregnancy, delivery or infancy. 70 babies, a school bus full of children will be born still today. And I'm getting this information off of starlegacyfoundation.org slash awareness month. I will put that in um, the description. And this is one website that I tend to gravitate more because it's, it deals with the stillborn portion more than anything. Um, It's just something that always you know, feels near and dear to me because that is the 
biggest imprint on my life was the stillbirth. Um, one in 160 pregnancies will end in stillbirth. There is no foot too small that it cannot leave an imprint in this world. I carried you every second of your life and I will love you every second of mine. Shatter the silence and say their names. Isaiah, I miss you. I love you. You're growing up on me in age and I wish you were here every day. I wish you were here to play with your sisters. I wish you were here just to be by my side. Um, it says you're warned about these dangers to your child's life, but why not stillbirth? Many stillbirths are preventable from what this says. Um, and they have this number, you know, it's a, a large scale, um, but stillbirth is the biggest and there is 23,385 and almost one in 10 OBs will be so devastated by a stillbirth that they will consider a career change. That is mind blowing. One in 10 OBs. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, so again, October is pregnancy and infant loss awareness month. Um, do something for the kindness of these babies who were born still, you know, and their hashtag that they have for this month is never be still. And it still always resonates with me. Like this month is usually hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for just getting through the month because I just, I tend to grieve a lot. Like I've lost babies in this month um years and years apart and it's it seems like it's just I don't want to say it's a recurring cycle but it is like October is a, a grieving month for me and I don't like it you know but I push through I get through um talk when I need to talk stay silent when I need to be silent you know and just taking in those emotions which is even years later it's still hard because I continue, I move forward and even going through therapy now, like there's a lot of things that I did not do that I wish I would have done. Um, I wish I would have identified a lot of things sooner that I would not be at this point. Cause I feel this could have been avoided. Um, but I think I went through what I went through to get me to this point to where I can heal and be a sense of comfort for other moms and dads who are going through this, who have been through this. Um, and I've also noticed that some close people to me who are near and dear have had losses within these last couple of months and they've been silent. Um, and speaking of their transparency now, it's like, I wish I could have been there in that moment to hold them or to, you know, listen to them cry. You know, it's not easy being a part of this, this fraternity or sorority that we get put into. Because, you know, sometimes a lot of people don't understand the pain that a miscarriage or a stillborn can bring. And it's not something that, you know, you can sweep under the rug. 
For some people it is. For a lot of people it's not. You know, some people are conflicted with the grieving process because, you know, if it's too early, how am I grieving something that wasn't even here? Or, you know, how can I grieve my child that's passed, you know, within the later weeks and not feel like I'm a mom, especially if you're a first time mom or a first time dad, like how am I not supposed to be able to grieve? Can I call myself a mom? Can I call myself a dad? You know, so many different issues that a lot of people go through. And they just don't have the answers. And now that this is something that comes to the forefront, I feel confident that, you know, I don't want to say this is going to become a norm, but it's going to be something that's more discussed because like literally when I first started having my miscarriages, nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what to say. You know, there was no comforting place for me when it started. And I had to navigate through, through that by myself. You know, they sent me to a grief counselor and a psychiatrist and stuff like that, but it was not the same thing. Like there was nobody in my community who I've seen this with. And it was hard to figure out how to heal and deal And that's still kind of a problem because even with the transparency, some people aren't comfortable, you know, sharing that information or being vulnerable enough to release that information or be vulnerable enough to release those emotions and just say how they feel because, you know, they have to be strong. And that's not always the key. Being strong is a complex And that is something that my therapist told me recently um, because I've gotten to the point that I am, you know, some days I struggle, especially with this new dynamic. Please excuse my kids Um, with this new dynamic. And I'm trying my best to move forward. And, you know, I try my best to not cry in front of them or, you know, I wait to, you know, wait till I go to bed or wait till I get in the shower or something like that. So I can actually just release how I'm feeling. And she told me, you don't have to do that because we as women, and then we more so as me personally, as a black woman, we take on this complex of the superhero and We have to stay strong in front of everybody and make sure that everybody else is good. But a lot of times we fail to take care of ourselves in that moment. And I have to get better with that. She told me, she said, it's okay to to cry in front of your kids. It's okay to let your emotions um, show because they understand. Well, they don't understand completely, but they under if you explain it to them, they'll understand. Because even now, like the days that I cry, um, the comfort that my kids can give me is not something that I have had in a long time to the point that my daughter will literally can come up to me and she will wipe my tears and she'll tell me, mommy, it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to cry. Um, I love you and she'll kiss my forehead and she'll rub my face and she'll sit there until I calm down 
And there were days that I've done this and, you know, it was, and, and a lot of times it was me hiding. Oh my God, I'm crying. Um, You know, it was me hiding somewhere and crying. And I think one day it was just, it was too much. It was a rough day. And of course, kids are kids. So, you know, they're being rambunctious and doing what kids do. They're just playing and having the time of their life. And it was something as simple as I told them to go do something. And of course, toddlers and no. And I just bust out crying and I couldn't stop. And I think it was something I had been holding on to for so long. Um, And my daughter picked up on it so fast. And she came, she literally came and said, what's wrong? You know, even me being as hysterical as I was, I heard her. Mommy, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Please don't cry. I got you. I love you. She wiped my tears and she climbed in my lap and she sat there until I calmed down. And that was the most peaceful thing that I have ever experienced and made me feel like it's okay to be human. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be vulnerable. And especially in front of your kids, like it's, they understand the dynamics of emotions. Now they can't express their emotions like we can. They can't control them the way that we can, but they know. Kids are smarter than we, we, we tend to give them credit sometimes. And she blew me away. Lauren blew me away when she did that. And I've been, you know, I try not to still bust out in tears too often in front of them. But in those moments where I do get that way, I just let it go. I let it go and just let it be. And they understand. They understand. And I just leave it alone and I just let it go. I cry those tears, you know, and of course my therapist also brought this into perspective that God didn't give us tear ducts for nothing. Like they're there for a reason. So we got to use them. Like God made us in to an image and did not give us things that we would not need. So those tear ducts are important. Sometimes it's okay to cry. A lot of times it's okay to cry. Even if you don't want to, don't feel like it. If you ever had those moments like, I need to cry, but I have no reason as to why, just do it. Because that lets out some emotions. It lets out some frustration. Whatever the case may be, it may help. It may help. And that's just where it is at this point is that I got to let things be. I'm navigating again in a territory of something that I'm not used to. Um, Parenting full-time by myself um, is rough. And, you know, just thinking about how all of this could be affecting my kids, how this is affecting me, the people around me, my village. You know, I got some strong people in my life and, Shout out to, just going to shout out to my creep squad. That's my group chat that they keep me sane on the days that I can't, I feel like I can't move through. And I'm so appreciative of, of them for 
loving me, being there, being an ear when I need it. And just knowing that they got me. They got me. And that's all that matters is that they got me. So a lot of those times when you're feeling that, get a village that loves you, that supports you, that takes care of you, um, even when you don't want it. Even in those moments where you feel like you don't want anybody, you don't need anybody, reach out. Or at least even if you have to go missing, just let somebody know you're okay. But get you a support system. You know, there's so many different, they have different Facebook groups and Instagrams and posts and websites where you can get, you know, get some help from people. Get that camaraderie with people that you just don't think exist. Because literally it's been a couple of years now that I've found people, more people of color who have been in these networks, who have been around for a while. And that was something that I was always afraid of because I never, (laughs) my child, because I never saw people like me in these rooms, in these groups, and it was frustrating. And that was another reason why I hid myself for a long time because I did not want to be one to talk about it. But the encouragement that people gave me that, Lindsay, your transparency has helped me get through so many dark times, through so many miscarriages, so many, you know, the hope that I need to keep moving forward, like seeing you with your girls is a blessing because that's what I want. And that's all, that's all I want to, all I want to give is that I want to give people the strength to be transparent and give people hope that there's more to come. Some days you can't, you don't have to be stuck in those moments and that's important. You got to make it through. We can all get through it. Some may be faster than others, but it takes time and everybody heals and deals differently. There is no blueprint. And I think I say this all the time. There's no blueprint for grieving. There's no blueprint for healing. Therapy is a great idea, but therapy ain't for everybody. Medication is a good idea, but medication is not for everybody. Whatever you have to do to make sure that you're okay, to make sure that you're good, make sure you're good. Don't rely on other people to control your narrative. You got this. You can do it. And I am sending big hugs and kisses and love to all the the women who I personally know close to me within the last couple of months who have lost babies, um, even to parents everywhere out there who can hear me under the sound of my voice. If you have lost, especially with this month, take time to grieve, take time to mourn and try to figure out, you don't have to do it today. You know, the next couple of months, weeks, days, whatever the case may be for you, just navigate your world and stay true in your fight. Stay true because it's going to come at a point 
that you're gonna it's gonna be unexpected for you but just keep that mustard seed of faith as always so i will leave you here and i will see you guys next month bye